Church of Christ, Chowchilla, podcasts, and how are you good folks doing out there in the audience? We are so glad to be coming to you today with God's Word. We've been having such a wonderful time, and we've been studying God's Word under the heading and under the theme of what does the Bible say? You know, the Bible says a whole lot about everything. As a matter of fact, one of our theme scriptures is 2 Peter chapter 1. And verses two and three, where the apostle Peter writes, God has given all of us everything that pertains to this life and also godliness. With that being said, we're going to open up with prayer. Please join us right now as we pray to God, our father. Lord, we thank you for this time that we are able to talk to you about what you already know. For those who are suffering for those who are in any kind of sinful situation, for those who are sick, for those, Lord, who are sacrificing their lives, for those who have not been sanctified, for those who are not saved. All of these include each one of us who may be involved in this study, involved in this situation, involved in this circumstance. Would you be so kind, Lord, right now, to just hear our prayer, not because of who we are, but because of who Jesus is. All around the world and everywhere in between, we need more of you and less of ourselves. Guide our hearts, direct our minds. Put us in the position and the place and the presence of you, O Lord, through our Savior, Jesus Christ. And it is in his name we pray for everyone out there. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, and amen. We want to call your attention to one of the renowned and a very wonderful passage of scripture. And we're going to be using that passage of scripture from the gospel of Mark. It is the second book chronologically in the New Testament. It is Matthew, then Mark. And Mark's name is John Mark. John Mark, John is surname. Mark actually, who he is identified in the New Testament. Before we go there to Mark chapter two, we're going to cover verses one to five, a little bit of background. Generally, people have or will tell us when something doesn't work out for us the way we believe it should. It is because we don't have enough faith. For example, when a young high school student who is a senior about to graduate prays that he can get into a college he chooses but doesn't get in, he says to his parents, God didn't answer my prayer. They reply, son, you didn't have enough faith. Or a Christian man recently lost his job where he had worked for 14 years due to his company downsizing. He has a family, a wife, and four children. His income is all his family has to depend on. He prays and prays, Heavenly Father, I have tried to live faithful to you in everything I say and do. I read and study my Bible, treat my brothers and sisters in the church right, as well as those on my job. If I have done anything to cause my misfortune, please, Lord, forgive me. Lord, you know my need for work right now. Please provide for me and my family. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. However, his unfortunate circumstance goes on for a year straight forcing him and his family to depend on unemployment monies. Out of frustration, 
His wife tells him, if you just have more faith, God will work everything out. These two examples of people like you and I saying that it's a matter of not having enough faith is not correct. Out of 231 verses in the Bible, which mention the word faith, it is only used two times in the Old Testament, Deuteronomy 32, verse 20, and also Habakkuk chapter 2 and verse 4. And in those verses, it teaches about trusting in God. Okay? However, in the New Testament, faith is used a little bit different. It is not a matter of not having enough faith. As a matter of fact, our faith can be little. Matthew 6 and verse 30, the reference. Also, our faith can be void. Romans 4, verse 14. Our faith can be weak. Romans 14 and verse 1. For our faith can be very little. That means be slacking. Or our faith can be void. That means be lacking. Or our faith can be weak. That means there's no backing. However, again, in the New Testament, equally it is true. Our faith can be great, Matthew 15, verse 28. Our faith can be increased, Luke 17, verse 5. Or our faith can be full, Acts 6, verse number 8. Now, what I'd like to converse with you about today is faith which can be seen. So we want to work from the question, does Jesus see our faith? Does he see your faith? Does he see mine? Someone right away says, well, Melvin, faith cannot be seen. Oh, yes, it can. Turn in your Bibles with me now to this first scripture to introduce the text. It is 2 Corinthians chapter 13 and verse number five. And here's what it says in the English Standard Version. Examine yourselves to see whether you are in the faith. Told you faith can be seen. It can be seen inside of you. It can be seen inside of me. It can be seen inside of others by ourselves, with ourselves, in ourselves. Examine yourselves to see whether you are in the faith, to see whether you are in the faith. In order to be in the faith, faith has to be in you and I. Faith has to be in me. Faith has to be in each one of us. Now, go with me to Mark chapter 2, verses 1 to 5. Verse 1 in Mark 2. And again, he, Jesus, entered into the city of Capernaum, that's the capital of Galilee, after some days, and it was noise the published that he was in the house. Verse 2, and straightway, that is immediately, many were gathered together insomuch that there was no room to receive them. No, not so much as about the door. And he preached the word of God unto them. Verse 3, and when they were coming to him, bringing one sick of the palsy, a paralyzing disease, which was brought or carried in by four individuals, verse four. And when they could not come near unto him for the press, the crowd, they uncovered the roof where he was. And when they had broken it up, they let down the bed wherein the sick of the palsy, the crippled man lay. Note, it is interesting that there's the description in this drama by a Greek vocabulary dictionary, Moulton and Milligan, and they say this, the four men climbed up a stairway carrying the paralyzed man on the outside or ladder to the flat tile roof and dug out and broke up the tiles, that is the roof, and then they let him down in front of Jesus. 
There's a scripture in Luke 5 and verse 19, and it says, of narrow strips of wood and plaster and even slabs of stone stuck in for strength that had to be dug out. That's what the roofs were made out of in the first century. It is interesting to me that these four men who brought this gentleman in who was paralyzed, who couldn't walk, who couldn't bring himself in, who was not able to move around, meander, nor was mobile, this gentleman had to be carried in. But focus in, if you will, on Mark 2, verse 5. Here's what we're talking about in the question of what we're discussing. Does Jesus see your faith? Now, in verse 5 of Mark 2, notice what it says. When Jesus saw their faith, he said unto the sick of palsy, the paralyzed man, son, your sins are forgiven you. Did we get it, ladies and gentlemen? Jesus saw their faith, the faith of the paralyzed man and the faith of the four men which carried him in, brought him in. Notice again what Jesus says to the paralyzed man, son, your sins are forgiven. Two, can, two things can be happening and brought in from this passage. Number one, our sins are forgiven. That's spiritual healing. Number two, our sicknesses are driven. That's physical and mental healing or emotional. This man experienced both of these blessings. Why? Because Jesus saw his faith in James 2 and verse 18. But someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith apart from your works and I will show you my faith by my works. Your faith then and my faith can be seen by, with, and through what your works, i.e., that is, your and my actions are. A commercial break. There's this funny story called Going Down. As the storm raged, the captain realized his ship was sinking fast. He called out, anyone here know how to pray? One man stepped forward. Ah, captain, I know how to pray. Good, said the captain. You pray while the rest of us put on our laugh jackets and we're one short. Well, the moral of that story is that you better have a life jacket or you better have enough faith, one or the other. Faith and works go together to cause the correct action. Does Jesus see your and my faith? For Jesus to see our faith, yours and mine, our faith must grow. Second Peter 1 verse 5. And besides this, doing all you can add to your faith virtue. Our faith must glow. Psalm 18, 28. For you will light my candle. The Lord my God will enlighten my darkness. Our faith must know, Romans 10, 17. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And then our faith must show, James 2, verse 22. You see that faith was active along with his works and faith was completed by his works. This shows the full meaning of the scriptures that say, Abraham believed God and because of this faith, he was accepted as one who is right with God. Abraham was called God's friend. Why? Because he believed, he trusted, and he obeyed God. When we get an opportunity, you get an opportunity, read and review Abraham or Abraham's three tests of faith in Genesis chapter 12, Genesis chapter 17, Genesis chapter 22. All three of them were tests of Abram or Abraham's faith so God could see his faith. 
Noah's faith was seen when he built the ark. He moved in fear, saved his household, his entire family, condemned the world, and became an heir of righteousness. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse number 7. Abraham's faith was seen when he left with when he left home with God, Genesis 12, verses 1 to 5. Isaac's faith was seen when he was blessed when God led him to marry Rebekah, Genesis 24, 50 through 67. Moses' faith was seen when he had grown up. He refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, and he chose to suffer affliction, hard times with the people of God, rather than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a very short season. Hebrews 11, 24 to 26. Hannah's faith was seen when she prayed in her heart with her lips moving and her voice not heard to have a child because she was barren and God blessed her with this child named Samuel. 1 Samuel 1 verses 13 to 22. Jacob's faith was seen when he took a stone for his pillows and dreamed of a ladder set up on earth and the top of it reached heaven and he named this awesome place Bethel, the house of God. Genesis 28 verses 12 to 19. Now it's our turn. Does Jesus see your faith? What are we doing to show our faith to him? Faith is God pleasing, not people pleasing. If you are spending more or most of your time, ability, energy, and money pleasing others, whoever they are, or whatever it is, husband, wife, boyfriend, girlfriend, children, job, business, work, school, recreation, having fun, or even on yourself, Jesus does not see your faith and other people won't either. So what do we need to do so Jesus will see our faith? Here it is. Number one, hear the gospel. Romans 10, 17, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Number two, believe that Jesus Christ is the son of God. In John 8, 24, Jesus says, unless you believe or have faith that I am he, you'll die in your sins and where I am, you just can't come. In Hebrews 11 and verse six, but without faith, void, empty, none, it is impossible to please God. For those of us who come to God must believe that he exists and that he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. Not only that, we must repent from our past sins or change our minds about sin. What does that take? Faith. We must believe enough that Jesus died on the cross for our sins and be willing to make up our minds faithfully to change from our sins. We must confess that Jesus Christ is the son of God. Matthew 10, 32, whoever confesses me before men and women, I will confess them before my father, which is in heaven. It takes a lot of faith to do that. And then be baptized, born again, to get our sins forgiven. John 3, verses three through five, Jesus says, except you and I are born again, baptized, we cannot enter into the kingdom of heaven. And then Acts 2 and verse 38, Peter on the day of Pentecost, when the church of Christ started, said, repent and be baptized, every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The Bible teaches basically as we started out, you and I must have this faith that can be seen, this faith that is set apart, this faith that is sanctified. How does this happen? 
In Romans chapter 6 and verse 3 through 4, it says specifically that you and I being buried with Christ in baptism, we rise out of that water to walk in the newness of life. It is the faith of the operation of God, spiritually speaking, who raised us from our spiritual past or dead lives, Colossians 2 and verse 12. Well, when all these things happen, there's more to the story. As Paul Harvey says, now here's the rest of the story. You and I to be faithful, Revelation 2.10, until death. And the Lord says on the other side, he will give us a crown of righteousness. How do we do that? We continue in his word, John 8.31 and 32. We continue in prayer, 1 Thessalonians 5.17. We pray about everything for any reason in every situation. We call on God in the morning. We call on him in the afternoon and we call on him at night. And sometimes we even get up through the night and we call on him. Why? Because that is exactly, ladies and gentlemen, how the good Lord Jesus Christ sees our faith. We hope and pray that we've said some things today to you and some things that can be shared with others, that if your faith has not been seen by our good Lord, if Jesus has not noticed or observed nor seen your faith today, our prayer is that you will go through this lesson, this study, and you will recapture the main points that we're offering here. And those are specifically two. One, the Lord must see our faith. Two, you must be able to examine yourself so that you will know you have the faith and that faith that you and I have can be seen and shared by our Savior, Jesus Christ. With that being said, we want to thank you folks for listening to us today. God bless you. And we want to share with you something fantastic. We have a new Bible brochure. It is basically a threefold. It's called Someone Died and Left You a Fortune. Well, not exactly the kind you might be thinking about, but it is a spiritual fortune. And if you would like to get a copy of that Bible brochure, which is totally free, you can call us at area code 559-223-1973. Once again, for any questions or to obtain that Bible brochure, someone died and left you a fortune, then you can call 559-223-1973, or you can email us at childchillachurchofchrist@gmail.com. at gmail.com. Once again, email us at childchillachurchofchrist@gmail.com. at gmail.com. With that being said, we've had a wonderful time in the Lord. God bless you, good folks, over the holiday seasons coming up, and we're going to close out in prayer. Father, we thank you again for this wonderful time in your word. We thank you that we're living in a world that's full of darkness, but we thank you again that we are your bright and shining lights. Please, Lord, help us to bring the salt and the light and the saving power of Jesus Christ and not only to ourselves as we examine ourselves to see that Jesus sees our faith, but to others who may not know that he needs to and wants to. We pray the blessings upon everyone listening, everyone learning, and everyone willing to obey, including ourselves. We ask for these specific things to happen powerfully in our lives and let the presence and the peace and the power of Jesus Christ be with everyone today. It is in his name we do pray. Amen. Amen and amen.
consider all the worlds thy hands have made. I see the stars. I see the stars. Sings my soul, my Savior, God to thee.